Arjun Paliwal here. Welcome back for another episode of the Investigate podcast. I'm your host, Head of Research and the Director of Investigate Buyers Agency. And I just want to stop to say a big thank you for those who've been tuning in because we're up to episode nine, time is flying, and we're about to hit three months of this show very, very soon. So if you've been enjoying the show, this episode, or even just some of the different snippets and other things that we make from the show, please support us by giving us a like, share, comment or subscribe, or even a review. Now, I know I've asked a lot. There's a lot of different things, a lot of different ways to show your support, but it means the world from us. It gets this podcast out there even more, providing more value, and also ensures that we get to know which episodes you've really liked, more about the things that we should produce, and keep going from there. So thank you so much. Now, today's episode is all about the world of financial planning. Now, financial planning and property investors have their own swim lanes, yet the best ones create an integrated team approach. And the reason why is that I need to take a step back into the world of financial planning. And whilst I'm not one, unfortunately, this is what we hear from many clients about some of the financial planners. It's all about super insurance, managed funds, and they don't want anything to do with property. And that means that It becomes a sway into this other direction, or it becomes one that's very anti-property. And for some investors who feel very comfortable with it, they feel like they're getting taken away from their goals. And that's not from my mouth. It's from many clients, investors that we've heard from. However, when you get the right financial planning team and the right financial planners, they have this integrated approach where they understand the importance of it. They don't advise on it but they understand the importance of it. And what that means is they can provide this holistic service to ensure that clients manage diversity, risk management, long-term planning, retirement planning, but they also consider that many options exist to fulfill that. So I've got today's chat here with Tim from Abundant Advisory. And we go over things like mistakes investors make when they're planning their long-term portfolio. What are the great moments for first-time or experienced property investors to consider a financial planner in their team and why? And of course, the risks that involve in building debt, leverage, how do you mitigate some of those risks? Now, Tim comes from a background of financial planning, is a co-founder, I mentioned, of Abundant Advisory. And with regards to this journey, he is totally in love with what he does. Now, from listening to some of his clients' stories, helping them build their wealth, see some of their successes, their mistakes, and you know, helping them not just across their financial planning needs, but also considering how property investing comes into the soul and ensuring that it remains holistic throughout it all. Some of the most interesting parts I learned about Tim's journey is what actually satisfies him most. And his answer was making sure that my clients have peace of mind, that they, their spouse will be looked after when they're gone. He had three clients pass away in 2022 alone. And it's actually part of a financial planner's life. It's pretty sad to hear, but he had the best feeling to be able to say that in their last days for the clients, their family, them, kids, they're all going to be okay. And knowing that was priceless for Tim. This is very important because the satisfaction for Tim comes from the the great success he can help others, both in good times and tough times. So we're going to jump into this conversation, hear from Tim from Abundant Advisory, a holistic financial planner here to be able to really unpack how the world of financial planning and property investors can come together. 
So Tim, financial planners and property investors, some may feel they go along well, some may feel they don't go along so well. And this is driven by people's experiences in terms of, you know, how they've had financial planners come into their life or heard from others about financial planners. But one thing I do know is that, you know, many investors think that there's swim lanes of different professionals. And this is your accountant, that's your buyer's agent. And I think the most successful ones are actually those who run integrated teams, those that liaise with each other, work with each other. And I felt that. Look, honestly, dealing with yourself, team at Abundant Advisory, Simran, you guys have this working along really well. I guess, could you share more about how that happens and why that vibe I'm getting from working with you you and your team of that integrated approach, approach versus swim lanes is happening and what are some of the difference makers you feel that causes that to happen when you're working within a team of professionals? Yeah, thanks, thanks for this opportunity, first of all. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe that, you know, financial planning is an integral part um, of anyone's uh, personal finance, really. I, I, I often use a healthcare scenario as an example. You know, a holistic financial planner um, like myself is like your GP. You know, it's someone that you go to every year to make sure that you're in good health and they know your personal health intimately. And then every year you go back to your GP to make sure that you're doing all the right things to maintain your health and so forth. But, you know, should your health circumstances change, um, that's where or sometimes even your health goal change. That's when your GP will kind of refer you to specialists, you know, for example, like a dietitian, a fertility specialist, a physiotherapist, or, you know, worst case scenario, an oncologist, for example. So integrating a holistic financial planner in, in your team as early as possible just helps make sure that you are on track, number one, um, and to make sure you stay on track, number two, after that. At the end of the day, for us, you know, we know our clients' personal finance and goals intimately. And, uh, you know, we work, we help them work towards achieving those goals. And, you know, oftentimes it involves, especially when we deal with the clients' holistic personal circumstances, it, it involves working with other professionals like yourself, like uh, buyers. Yeah. And uh, when you, when you said the medical example, that's actually a pretty good one because, you know, that's, that GP is that starting point. It's that constant check in. But I can't help. Were you trying to give me a hint when you said dietitian is the first point? I'm just wondering, are you trying to get at me here to like, <laughs> 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 no, man. I, I'm I'm thinking about myself, you know, just letting myself go. And Christmas period is coming, and you know, I've got a gym subscription that I haven't used for the last two months. It's just one of those things that, you know, at the end of the year, I always reflect uh, on the year that was, you know, and take news that I need to take. I'm in the process of, you know, uh, trying to start a family as well. So it's one of those things. I was like, okay, now I need to speak to my family doctor to give me a <laughs> referral, you know, to understand what's the next step, you know. So it's important. It's important to have professionals around you. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point in terms of the, the team building and that approach of looking at it in that way. Now, when it comes to property investors, there's the first-time investors, there's very experienced investors. When do you feel is the right time to consider a financial planner as part of the team and why? Personally, I mean, I'm a financial planner. I've seen the benefits of advice in my parents' situation. I've also seen the, you know, 
how things can go wrong without a financial planner and me coming in partway through a client's uh, journey. So I guess to answer your question, whether it's a first-time investor or an experienced investor, I think um, from day one you should have a, a financial planner in your team. Um, the moment you feel like you know you want to start making real progress with your personal finance. Um, I think the key thing with getting good advice early is ju- just that it provides clarity to people, to you. You know, sometimes perspective and patience is required before you start an investment journey. So I'll give you an example. We have a few prospects that became clients early on, you know, during COVID that earn good income, uh, credit was cheap and, you know, but they don't have enough deposit, but they're so gung-ho and going, oh, I'm fear of missing out. And, um, you know, sometimes to work out a plan starting with their budget just makes the, these investors understand, all right, interest rates can go up. And if it does, this is what you'll do to your bottom line. And you plan to get married in a couple of years, that will cost you 60 grand Did you plan for that. If interest rates goes up, how's that going to impact you? Um, you know, so for, for the new investors, it's important to, I guess, understand what else to consider before they go on their investment journey, find the first investment property and so forth. I guess for an experienced investor, from experience, you know, we on, I onboarded this client that has seven properties, um, but three or four of their properties are on the same street, same suburb, or, or, or in the same state. And, um, you know, they, they, I mean, they've done well, but the thing is, in when when you do that and you you know well, if any ha- anything happens to a particular location, they'll be at stress. Um, so unfortunately, this particular client, you know, had a few properties in a flood zone and not flooded, and then when this happens, you know, there's stress. I guess at the end of the day, uh, financially, because no one they didn't plan for all the potential unplanned costs for repairs and loss of rental and all that jazz. So I think having a, no matter how experienced you are, sometimes having a professional to give you an unbiased opinion about where you are now and you know, if there's any gaps that you need to cover as well or consider, that's important. What, what I picked up in that scenario is a really interesting point. Like the two people are both property investors, right? But one property investor is pulling them back to realize there's so many other parts of life that you didn't consider and we need to be more assessed and looking at it more holistically to ensure that we get you the goal but within the means so you don't feel like you're compromising in other parts of life or making stressful financial decisions and then you've got the second person who's like hey no I'm making these decisions I'm okay financially but now it's more like the decisions that you made, were they the best you could have made? And can we reflect on how we diversify a bit more? So to me, it really showcases like the same professional, but the two different types of journeys, you should really start as early as possible to get that support from there. But at the same time, there's two different ways to handle different types of clients, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. Especially, it's, it's sometimes hard to tell someone that has, uh, great success that their portfolio could potentially be at risk. For example, uh, whether it's macroeconomic risk or you know interest rates and things like that, and it's hard to convince people that they they should review certain things as well. Sometimes, especially if they've had great success, I think the key point is nothing is static. Markets change, 
personal circumstances change, goal change. Um, it's always good to have someone who is a third party who, un, who, who, who is not invested emotionally, sometimes in a particular plan, investment and so forth, and step back and go, all right, these are the rules. And when you're thinking about these conversations with people, I want to understand those long-term plans that people put together for uh, not not what the financial planners put together, but more so what people put together in their own minds for generating passive income and trying to get there. When it comes to property investors in front of you, what are some of the common mistakes you see them make or perhaps not consider when making a plan for their future? Very good question. I think um, the, the most common comments that come across is really uh, everyone thinks that they won't lose money uh, with property. Uh, property price won't go down or, you know, all property price will appreciate in value. And you you know best, uh, Arjun, with regards to the properties you have bought for your clients. And, you know, some of my clients' uh, experience is not similar to that. I think the other mistakes really is uh, putting too much priority in negative gearing, uh, you know, or buying off the plan from developers for depreciation. I think... Those are consideration definitely, but they should not be your primary consideration. I think uh, focusing on quality, focusing on capital and income income growth potential, development opportunities in those properties that you buy, those should be the priority. One of, I think, uh, potentially as well is not focusing on making principal repayments on the investment loan. Um, I've seen a few scenarios where clients property has only grown by $10,000 in seven years and their strategy is focused on negative gearing. And then net net over that seven years, they've actually lost. So the capital that is tied on on that property could have done so much better, especially in the, over the 2012, 2019 period where everything is appreciating in value. But unfortunately, that one property is not doing, hasn't done that well and they haven't focused on making principal repayments, even though they can afford to do so. So um, sometimes people focus too much on tax outcome and not to increase equity to go again. And paying off principal, your principal loan sometimes is one of those ways to do that. And I think the last one is probably lack of diversification um, when it comes to acquiring the source of passive income uh, that they're building. I think a lot of people, there are different types of passive income. You know, rental income is definitely one of them, um, but you can get good dividend payout in equities investments as well. You know, there are other form of investments that can give you income, um, especially when you talk about passive income in retirement. Superannuation is one of those mistakes. I think people, either they don't realize or that, that rental income sometimes is, well, oftentimes is directly linked to salary inflation. So if, you know, in Australia, income hasn't grown by that much, your rental income sometimes could be capped, especially if there's no growth or you bought the wrong property. So those are probably some of the considerations that investors sometimes miss when they try to build the capacity. What, what it sounds like to me is um, the financial planning viewpoint on things is far more holistic and deeper than what the typical person does when they assess their own journey, right? Because you've talked different types Absolutely. of assets. You've talked... You know, the whole idea of property investing itself and the risks that come with it, as well as the things that we don't think about. And everyone seems to think that they've got this perfect journey mapped out when really 
there's so many more parts of life that you consider as well as you know different types of assets and different types of holdings on their property investing journey now when it comes to this growth in wealth obviously property investors take on a lot of debt and with debt comes the risks because when we look at property investing plans it's usually 15 to 25 years in which they look at it and go wow i'm so impressed by where i am net worth wise passive income wise now i would love to say everyone has a clean run in life for 15 to 25 years and nothing bad happens but things can come up how do financial planners work closely with their clients outside of the budgeting and forecasting to help you know eliminate some of these key points that can disrupt the plan great point i think i'm a big advocate of having a plan b in everything uh i do plan b in most people's life especially when you acquire assets by acquiring high level debt as well is really the, the cheapest way of creating that plan b is having life insurance i i know i have come across clients that has done everything right from a lifestyle point of view eating well exercise well and all that and still life events happen Uh, negative health events happen, and you know having that life insurance as a plan B is quite important. People will need to realize that your your lifeline in all your wealth accumulation plan is your income, which is you. Um, and if you're not able to work and you don't have a plan B in providing you with uh, income, even when you're not well, then you know that all your plans could uh, be derailed as a result of that and oftentimes negative health event happens to people that you know have a very good lifestyle too so i think that's the key thing um i think the second thing with property investors or people in general is not having adequate cash reserve for uh, unplanned expenses um when I was preparing for this talk I was just um thinking about the three clients in the last two months that uh, I have uh, had review meetings with a body corporate has special levies uh, to fix roofs and stuff you know and they're up for 40 to 100 grand and not many people have that in reserve you know so you imagine all of a sudden you have those costs maybe whether it's in for your investment property when you need to fix things um the client that has a flooded property is a couple hundred thousand and if they didn't pay attention or they 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 just think that every building landlord insurance is the same and they don't meet the fine prints you know floods are not covered and things like that you'll be up for that and so if you don't have a, an emergency fund set aside i generally t- tell clients you know keep at least 6 to 12 months worth of your cost of living in cash in your offset account and you can't touch it Right, and those are some of the important habits that we try to put in the client's financial plan. And I think that's why I think part and parcel of a, a, a holistic uh, financial planner's approach is to make sure that you know you look at everything that is in your life. And especially over COVID, I'll give you another example. Just some of our clients uh, that has never been worried about whether their income, whether they have enough income, because. They, they earn quite good money over covid period i've got clients of mine who are surgeons giving me calls saying my income's down by 30% i can't do private surgery you know and you know it's just one of those things that you, people don't often plan for and then from now all these guys understand let's keep a you know one year's worth of uh, expense aside not 
we don't touch it. It's just for emergency. Um, so creating a plan B really for anything that you can't foresee occurring is very important, especially when you go down into you know this journey of uh, accumulating wealth with debt. Yeah, your plan B component, that makes a lot of sense because when plan Bs happen and when you actually map them out, there's a sense of like invincibility when you know you've got that right. There's a sense of peace of mind. You actually even become more aggressive in plan A when you have a plan B, right? And uh, that's something how I've, I've lived on, right? Because on plan B, I've always thought of, you know, six to 12 months of buffers, having your offsets in a good position. And also because I've looked into those personal covers, you start to look at plan A and go, I'm going to give this a really good go in life, in business, investing, and sort of things start happening more than you even imagine to happen, right? So I really appreciate you sharing all of these points. I guess my last, last question for you, Tim, is when it comes to property investors, they have probably listened to this and gone, great, the earliest possible to get my most holistic view of my personal support makes sense when I speak to Tim. But there is this fear that they have when I speak to many in the world of financial planning and property investors. Property investors have this fear that the financial planner is going to guide me away from property. I understand property so well, and they're going to pull me away from it. And I know that's not the case dealing with yourself, dealing with your team. I know that's not the case, but could you maybe talk to me a little bit about why investors feel that way and how the good financial planners in this industry, like your team, make that feeling disappear? Uh, look, I, I don't, I don't, I think it's just the legacy of where the profession came from, you know, uh, and I don't blame a lot of people for having that sentiment, if, whether it's through first-hand experience or second-hand experience hearing from different people. And perhaps a majority of financial planners out there may still be more inclined towards uh, listed investments that they understand. With me and with my team at Abundant, essentially, we, we are very strategy-focused. So we approach our clients just like we approach our own investment uh, or investing or our family's investing. Um, that's why we have a network of people like yourself that you know we where we go if the client's goal is to accumulate wealth and they like property i don't know property as well as people like yourself do you you do the numbers you do the due diligence you you bring clients through that journey and in that situation like the gp i will refer them to a physio to get that part of their life sorted. So me and my team, we approach every client the same. We look at strategically. We go, all right, your cash flow is this. You have this goals. Everything is fine. You know what? You have $4,000 a month available to you to buy. And if that's something that you want, let's save for the deposit. Or if you're there already, let's introduce you to Arjun and his team and away you go you look after that property side and every time your team speaks to my team and we make sure we look after that clients similarly with some of my clients that are a little bit more complex or sophisticated uh, like small sme business owners and things like that i work with their accountants and their legal team intimately i work with all their estate planners intimately and oftentimes though they are professionals that i have referred them to because hey i'm not 
you know, expert in everything. And wherever we don't have this expertise, we have people that we truly, truly, truly believe in their service proposition being client first. And we are more than happy to refer them, you know, to other professionals. So there are a lot of financial planners now that uh, incorporate property in the client portfolio or strategy. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about where um, our profession is moving towards. So they, they're out there. There are financial planners out there that, you know, look at everything holistically and um, integrate property investing as part of a big picture strategy for sure. The core thing I'm picking out is it's the sequencing of how you service someone, Tim. It's, it's more like your integrated team first, and then it transitions to now that I understand everyone and with the role they're playing, I want to move to you. What do you want? What are you getting out of this team? What would you like to get out of, you know, your goals, your investing? And then you transition to, well, these different products in line with what you like and what can get you there will do it. Whereas the common property investor reviews it as financial planner, bam, shares, just shares only. And then they try and help me and then they try and help my team depending on if they like them or not. So this is a good way to flip this around because I've personally gotten that from dealing with you two personally and your team. And I find that it's this three-part approach. It's like, hey, let us be a part of your team first. Let us get to understand everyone that wants to support you. Let us get to understand you. Where are you getting to? What do you want to get to? And then it's like, a okay, cool. These are the different vehicles that exist and what you like, what you don't like. And that's going to be what separates them. So anyone that's kind of tuning into this, really take into account the sequence in which your professionals are discussing things with you because that's going to show where the interests are at, whether it's for the vehicle or whether it's for you and your goals and the team. So Tim, when people are tuning into this and they want to get to know more about you, your team, and reaching out to you. How can anyone reach out to you following this podcast? Well, we're on LinkedIn. You can search myself, Tim Lee. We have a website as well. So our practice is called Bunning Advisory. So it's abundantadvisory.com.au. Um, there is a link there about me, my business partner, Simran, and what we do, uh, our advice process, as well as a... Uh, option there to click and reach out our details are on our website for sure fantastic tim and thank you everyone for tuning into another episode of the investigative podcast